It's time for Girls in Golf Podcast with your favorite hosts, Lex and Sarah. Ladies, when you're ready. Welcome to Girls in Golf. I'm Lex, joined by Sarah as always, and we're really excited this week. As we've said before, the best part of COVID is that we've gotten in touch with some people that we haven't been able to talk to before. And one of our biggest wishes, actually, in the last year, Lisa, I didn't tell you this before the podcast, but... We've always wanted to talk to Lisa Longball, and she's actually going to give you a little bit of history on how she got that name. But first, let's just let her in. Lisa, hi. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to be here. (laughs) Yeah, we're really excited to have you. And, you know, you are an eight-time long drive champion, right? Like, that's so crazy. How did you get involved in long drive in the first place? You know, it's a bit of a long story. I was my dad's last hope as a golfer. I was in uh, grade eight. There were, uh, my mom didn't play. My sister didn't play. So my dad dragged me out to the local, uh, you know, driving range and put me in a junior night. And there were 60 boys in me. There weren't a lot of strong junior girls golf programs back then. And so the coach kind of told me to hit my six iron at the end of the range. And he ignored me for the rest of the night. So I only, like, I basically quit, played nine holes a year with my dad if he forced me. And it actually wasn't until my 20s when my boyfriend at the time, now husband, was just graduating from university and he got invited out to corporate and charity golf tournaments and he didn't golf a lick. So he realized he was missing out on key business networking opportunities because we all know golf is fantastic to network with clients and customers. So he dragged me out to the local muni wherever we can get on and play. And the big turning point happened in 1999. The LPGA came to Calgary at the time, one of the four majors on the tour, the DeMoria Classic. And I decided to volunteer that week as a marshal and just to be part of the event and I couldn't break 100 to save my life but watching the best female golfers on the planet and their smooth effortless swings uh, inspired me to want to play so luckily there's competitions for people who can't break 100 so I I, I entered one and I and I was hitting it 80 to 100 yards past the other girls so I saw an advertisement for a long drive competition and I entered and I won with a 313 yard drive so that's how it all began and how did yeah. you get your, your famous nickname of Lisa oh, Longball, Lisa if you wanted so, to give uh, that story? My, my, my married name is Blue Swick, Blue Swick. And so, boy, oh, boy, when people take a look at it, they, they don't know how to spell it or pronounce it. And when I won my first national title at Glen Abbey, a PGA Tour venue, uh, just uh, in Toronto, uh, the, lo- uh, the local media here nicknamed me Lisa Longball. That was the title of the article, Lisa Longball. And it's just a moniker that's stuck now. I have to know, have you copyrighted this? No, I haven't actually. I think I need to though, right? But yeah. baseball, baseball likes the long ball too. So I've got to figure out how to, how to maybe, lead, of course, with the Lisa long ball, that makes it unique. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got some friends over at the MLB, so maybe we can figure this oh, out and get, get you sorted out. Um, so being that you're in long drive, you know, we've had, um, we've had Sandra Carlborg on oh, yes. and another, um, Chloe, oh my gosh. Oh, Chloe Garner. Also a Callaway yep. athlete. She's yeah, we've had them both had them both on the podcast and we really like to talk about power because when you're watching the LPGA, a lot of people say, you know, I love watching the ladies cause their swing tempo is so good. And a lot of men, you hear them say, it's like 80% of my tempo. So like, I want to swing like the ladies. Well, what about the ladies who have power? And even on the LPGA, they have tons of power. You just, they swing so effortlessly, right? You don't see it, but in long drive, it's really showcased. So where do you get your power from? 
Oh, I would say definitely uh, legs and core. If I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, oh, Lisa, you're a long driver. Oh, check out the pipes, two tickets to the gun show. And it has nothing to do with arms. And that's the biggest misconception. I would say 80% of women can't hit it 200 yards. Why? They tend to be arms lifters versus turners. So your power has to come from the biggest source in your body. And where's that? Legs, glutes, core. That's where it comes from. So how do you work on those things? What are oh, your, your exercises? Yeah, well, so for exercises, I would suggest any of your listeners, men or women, again, first thing you want to work on is that leg strength. So making sure you work with the proper trainer, so of course that you don't injure yourself. Uh, anything to do with squats, lunges, and once you get proper technique, adding weight to that, that's something you can do at home, which is, of course, perfect during COVID as well. Um, but it's also things that you can be working on your core. Anything to do with your oblique muscles, those are your turning muscles. So if a med ball work, or even, again, you could just be holding a heavy, heavy, big can of tomatoes or something to be doing this. And uh, so kind of doing Russian twists, which is a side to side move. Um, and again, you can even just Google oblique uh, exercises, you know, and you'll find a ton uh, on the, uh, on the internet. So anything to work on that core Pilates obviously is really good. And, and yoga uh, as we're heading into the off season in parts of North America here. Um, and that some people won't be able to golf year round. Yoga is a great thing to do in the off season because it's that flexibility. What creates the ability to, to make club head speed is you have to create coil and torque, which means you need to make, be able to turn. And so the more flexible your body is, the more coil and torque you can uh, create. And then of course the longer ball you'll be able to hit. So I think this, this question kind of varies for everyone because we all have different bodies, but how long did it take for you to develop that strength within your core and bottom half? You know, I'm very fortunate. So my background is I was a gymnast. So I competed for Canada in trampoline and tumbling prior to trampoline being an Olympic sport. And because I was training six days a week, five to six hours a day, I had that as a base. So that's why I literally went from a high handicap recreational golfer to winning my national title and coming top six in the world at my first world championship. So it was, it's crazy that, that for me, I think because I had that base, but you can definitely build it. You can definitely build that strength over time. But for those uh, listeners out there who are, uh, and viewers who are, um, uh, have backgrounds, perhaps softball, that's a great, uh, background, anyone in that track and field, javelin, and of course, you know, gymnastics, gymnastics. But if you have any sports that work with leg strength, core strength, and balance, that all is transferable to the golf swing. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because um, we've seen just from girls around the company, ladies, women, um, I, you know, I danced for a long time. We have a lot of girls who played softball and whatnot, and we all have the ability to get to the golf swing, but through different ways, right? Like I have a little bit more turn. Someone who plays softball has a ton more power, but they have to master the new swing path and all of that stuff. It's really interesting that you say that you just need to have that foundation. That foundation and dancers. That was a, an awesome one. If anyone who has the dance background, ooh, they, they're great, great golfers, but you're right. My softball players, my baseball players, they tend to slice. And why do they slice? Because they do a great job of turning their hips, which I, a lot of women, that's what I have to teach them to do. Um, but what they don't, what they do is they leave weight on that back foot, which opens up their club base and they end up uh, slicing it. So that's something I need to get my baseball and softball players to get that weight to the front side. But man, they can generate that club head speed with a great uh, rotation of, of the hips. How often are you working with like students? then oh so well uh, with covid obviously it's changed quite a bit um i'm, I'm based in canada and our, our major retailer which would be like your pga superstore and and uh, uh so forth uh would be or golf or golf galaxy is called 
Golf Town in, in Canada. So I'm sponsored by Golf Town. So they're actually bringing me to all 47 stores across Canada. And I do a women's clinic. So I do an hour and a half women's clinic for free to get people to come out. So I, I'm busy typically doing that throughout the year. And then I have my own golf school. I actually started my own golf school just for women. Why? I ended up going to all these corporate and charity golf tournaments as a golf entertainer. And what did I notice? 75 to 80% of the attendees were men. And where were the women? They were back in the office doing the work while the guys were smartly doing the networking. So I started a golf school um, so that I could teach women how to feel comfortable and confident over the ball. And so they could say yes to those corporate and charity tournament invitations. So what are some of those key steps that you end up teaching women on on how to have that confidence and be more comfortable? So a few, if I had to do three basic rules, because so many women think, oh, I have to be breaking a hundred. No way. You do not have to be breaking a hundred to go to these tournaments. Typically they're scrambles, which means you're set up with a group of four and someone in the group typically knows how to golf. So you're, that's no problem. And Hey, anyone can sink a putt. So what I tell the ladies, number one, kind of know the rules and etiquette. Of course, turn that cell phone off. Don't be talking and walking in people's backswings, et cetera. So if, just know the basic rules and etiquette. Number two, be fun and be fast. So if you're fun and fast, people are going to love you as a teammate and they won't care if you cold top it, buck hook it, because the guys are going to do that too. And number three, though, you have to be able to get that ball in the air. So you need to have a good enough golf swing that the ball can at least get in the in the air so that, and again, it doesn't have to be long, but you don't want it dribbling along the floor because that's, or the, 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 of course, the fairway because that's embarrassing, right? And it's just, then you'll not feel good about yourself. So if you can kind of get those three basics, you can go into any corporate and charity golf tournament. What's your feedback been like on those clinics? I'm assuming super oh, positive. Oh, I, I'm so fortunate. I have women that have, have reached out to me. I love it when people take the time to say, oh my gosh, Lisa, I gained 20 yards on my driver. Holy cow, I've, I've almost stopped three-putting or I've dropped my stroke, my handicap by by." 15. So like one tip that I could share with, again, with your viewers, that would be just simple is I said, as I said earlier, 80% of women tend to be arms lifters. So since women tend to be a little bit more flexible than our male counterparts, what we tend to do is we tend to lift up and we think, Oh, check this out. We've made a great backswing when in fact you haven't turned one bit. So all you've done is lifted your arms and all you can do is drop them. And if you're sitting at home going, huh, is this me? Do Do you hit your eight iron as far as your uh, six iron as far as your five iron and if the answer is yes you're probably an arms lifter because you're not creating coil and torque so my tip my tip to help women to stop to do that what you need to do is you need to think of a very simple swing thought which is turn your shirt in your backswing turn your pants in your downswing so turn your shirt turn your pants so a great way to get rid of that arms lifting if you initiate your backswing with your lead shoulder so your shoulder closest to the fairway so for my right-handed golfers that'd be your left shoulder and of course for my lefties the right because of course Phil Mickelson we've got to appreciate our lefties <laughs> right so for our, our uh, you initiate your backswing with that lead shoulder it forces you to turn your upper body and then when you get to the top of, the, of your backswing your first move in your downswing isn't that back arm it's your it, it's your lead hip your lead hip your lead pocket your guts whatever it makes you turn but you but because you have to think of you want to wind up from the top and you want to unwind from the bottom and that's you won't even you won't just hit your driver longer you'll hit every club in your bag longer so I think those are great steps I kind of fall into that category of my six iron goes as yes. far as my nine iron sometimes you're like, huh, why is yeah that? so I'm definitely gonna so try that are you a right-handed golfer Sarah I am right-handed yes so it's for you it's gonna be left shoulder left shoulder that's gonna initiate that backswing thank you yeah. um, so um 
more on towards the mental and emotional side of golf too. I feel like there needs to be some sort of mental shift in how you think. Do you have any tips on, on to how you compare your emotional state with your physical state to make sure you're getting a good hit? Absolutely. I think with the emotional state, one of the best tips I can give anyone is we need to relax. Tension is a club head speed killer. And when do we get tense? We get tense often, especially for women, first tee jitters. You're standing on the first tee box, the pro shop's right there, everyone's watching. And so once that, that grip pressure becomes tight, it kills your club head speed. And often what's going to happen is it will open, it doesn't allow you to release the club and you'll slice all day long. So my, my great tip for getting the right mental and emotional state right before I hit a golf ball, and whether this is at me teeing up at the World Long Drive Championships or whether it's a Sunday afternoon with my family, the first thing, that, whether it be driver or a pitching wedge, I'm standing over my shot. The first thing I do um, is I take a deep breath and whew, slow breath out, and then I take my backswing. By making that slow breath out, it re- re- relaxes your hands, your forearm takes the tension out of it, and uh, honestly, that puts you in a great state by just whew, deep breath out, puts you in a really good place, and helps get, get rid of that tension. I love that. I'm definitely going to do that on the first tee. I actually have to play around for um, something for Callaway, an internal thing. So hopefully this week, that, that'll be me. <laughs> Perfect. So that deep breath out. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of meditating in COVID time, so I, I can too. do that. Yeah. Um, you're also a peak performance specialist. What does that mean? And, you know, what kind of, can you give us a sample of one of your, you know, pep talks? Oh, yeah. So I, I, I'm very fortunate. I love uh, uh, keynote speaking. So I get to speak at conferences and conventions all across North America. And, and my, my, the title of my keynote is Drive Determines Distance. So what I talk about in terms of peak performance is knowing and being committed to what drives you absolutely determines how far you will go, both personally and professionally. And what I mean by that is I think that, especially for women, so what happens is we all have a passion. We have something that feeds our soul, that we could get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and it wouldn't feel like work, whether that's biking, hiking, swimming, running, maybe it's scrapbooking, whatever it is that you do that feeds your soul that you want to get up to do but what do we see with women as women we tend to get busy and guys do too of course but with our women what I noticed that is especially once they become moms what do they do okay well I got to help get the kids to school I've got to make sure to help with this and and you want to be helping and 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 do your 110% at work as well so what's the first thing you cut out you're not going to cut out things for your family and for work You, you cut out things for you so what I recommend is if you want to find that great balance and find peak performance You have to remember, what is it that feeds your soul? What is it that gives you that happy place? And make time for that. And I think especially through COVID, we've all, this has been an interesting time to kind of sit back and look and think, holy cow, what do we do with this time? And it is so precious. Make sure that you're doing things for yourself that make, that truly, truly make you happy. And again, when you do that, you'll find happiness. You'll be heading to work happier, heading to the grocery store happier, heading to take your kids to their lessons happier. Just making sure you do that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's super important. And I am definitely going to take note because I this has been, you know, like, like you said, it's kind of been a take inventory of what you're doing, right? So and I think also as women, sometimes we say yes to too much because we're trying to be helpful. And we need to learn that the word no, see, yeah, we need to the no, the word no is okay, because we're going to say no to prioritize things that are really important to us. And not that it's not important, but we have to do the things that are going to take care of us first so that we can help take care of others. 
Yes, I love that. So let's get back a little bit to you and how you got involved with Callaway as um, a sponsor. I know you've been with us for quite a bit. I have been so honored. So this is going into, I'll be going into my fourth year uh, with Callaway. So I had the opportunity. I was in, I was uh, heading to Toronto, uh, uh, Canada, and uh, the general manager of Callaway Golf Canada, Bruce Carroll is there. And I've always admired Bruce and what he's done in the industry. This is a gentleman that, you know, he walks his talk. He flies with, I believe every two years, he tries to hit every storefront across Canada that is a Callaway, uh, that is a Callaway pro shop, which is absolutely unbelievable. So he's so committed. So we ended up meeting in Toronto. We had a fantastic meeting. I just loved who he is. I've loved the brand of Callaway. I've obviously been a huge fan of Arnold Palmer, Annika Sorenstam, and has followed the Callaway brand. So he had offered uh, to to, uh, sponsor me uh, uh, for equipment. And then, of course, I was so proud to be an apparel and footwear sponsor with Callaway as well. And uh, it has been a phenomenal relationship. Callaway has treated me like family. They have been so supportive and I have absolutely loved their equipment. That's really good to hear. And, you know, now we are making a push in the women's game, obviously, with the launch of Big Bertha Reva and talking about our women's golf community online. So what do you do you think this is important? I think is my first question. Oh, it is huge. You know, again, through my travels and I get to travel to all parts across North America and I also have traveled to Europe, you know, and UK. And it's been it's been so uh, interesting to see women are excited about golf. Women want to be part of a golf community. And uh, I think the more welcoming and warm that we can make that feel. And by having a Callaway golf community, I think that's spectacular because women want to share. Women want to share kind of their highs, their lows. They want to ask for advice. They want to see where to go and, and connect with other women who love this game. So I think that that's really important. And I think with the big Bertha Reva, that's off the charts. The R&D, the research and development that has been put into that product line is unbelievable. And it's just for women. It's not a men's line that's kind of has a women's version. This is just for women. And that's going to be, I truly believe, a game changer. And in your opinion, so for part of this Big Bertha Reva launch, we also, we did a lot of swing tips. We you know, have a lot of podcasts, we have LPGA players, we have a lot of different content that women we feel would want to look at and see. In your opinion, what what do you think, is there anything we could continue doing? Um, Do you have any ideas of what women, most women would want to see in terms of content? Oh, in terms of content, I've I've noticed a few things. I've been part of a few different golf communities uh, online. And what I see most, women love tips. They love tips and advice. But here's the thing. We need to take tips and advice from professionals. So, uh, of course, uh, PGA uh, professionals, PGA of Canada professionals, PGA of Australia, again, wherever you are, there's a PGA professional golf association where these individuals have been trained. Now, of course, you also have your professional golfers, such as Annika Sorenstam, right? And uh, Michelle Wee, and you take a, you take a tip from them in a New York minute as well, because this is what they do for a living. And so that's what I think it's really important in these communities that you continue to offer swing tips and swing advice from professionals and women absolutely love that. So I think the more content we can give women, everything from chipping advice, putting advice, how do you hit a darn hybrid, all that three wood, how do you get a good good strike with a three wood? Any, women absolutely devour that content because they want to get better. So the more swing tips that we can do from professionals, again, whether it's our, our LPGA uh, or PGA Tour pros or our PGA, PGA of Canada professionals. And well, we are think, definitely working on that. Yes. That's um, awesome. Women love that. 
Do you think there's a difference between, so I love watching swing tips too, because I mean, I'm obviously not a professional golfer, so any tips I can get at any time is great. Do you think there's a difference between seeing a man giving tips versus seeing a woman giving tips? Because I personally feel like I relate a little bit more to the woman. Well, that's the feedback that I have, I've been very fortunate to receive when I do all these clinics. Uh, when I go across Canada and do the Golf Town clinics, of course, we, we, we call them women's clinics. But men, we, we, we're, we're inclusive, not exclusive, so they're, they're welcome to come. But my feedback from the women, they're like, oh, thank you, Lisa. Because one of the things I talk about when I teach, what do you do with the girls? Is it above the girls, below the girls? Like, And again, as a woman... I know what, you know, I know what it's like to swing with that. Right. So, so I think sometimes women kind of go, Oh, wow. Or for, for me, because one of the things that women, they're one of the biggest complaints is a lot of women want to add distance. And when they look at me, I'm five foot six and three quarters. And I, I, my longest drive is I've hit the length of uh, three and a half NFL football fields. So 350 yards. So when they see a woman do that, they're like, okay, if she can do that, I can listen to her. But when they see a guy that's six foot four, 250 pounds, vomit, they're like, yeah, well, of course he can. Whereas they can relate a little bit more, I think, to a lady. Yeah. And that comes back to, you know, the relationships that we have, right? It's, exactly. it's, it might be a little stereotypical, but women love to connect and they love to feel like they can relate to somebody. And when you can relate to someone who's trying to help you gain, learn a new skill, that changes everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, again, we have to listen, making sure we're listening to the right people. One of the worst things, oh, it drives me crazy when um, your, uh, let's call it your amateur or weekend warrior starts giving tips. One of the worst tips, and and unfortunately, I I see a lot of men pass it along, especially to their spouses. Um, So when you cold top a ball, you hit that cold top worm burner where it barely gets off the tee. And you'll hear someone say, oh, hey, you lifted your head. And I'm like, oh, it drives me crazy because they didn't lift their head. And that's terrible advice. What's happened is they've come out of their posture. So they've either lifted their torso or straightened their legs. I can hit, if I was on a driving range with you ladies right now, I could put my head up as far as possible, take my eight iron and smash it 150 yards. It, it, it has nothing to do with lifting your head. It has to do with coming out of your posture when you cold top it. So again, we need to take tips from the right people and we need to shut down the advice from some of the weekend warriors who like to impart it, especially especially to women. I don't know why they feel they can, but they love to give tips to ladies. <laughs> is there another myth? I mean, we've busted like a couple of them now, but is oh, yeah. there one more golf myth that you can think of that, you know, like kind of gets, you know, told to women as they're getting to the course? Oh boy. So again, the, the lifting the head is, is one of the ones that I hear all the time and, and, it, and it drives me crazy. Uh, I would say another one would, would be, um, Oh, goodness. I'm trying to think of some. Oh, oh, the ladies tees. Mm -hmm. There are no such things as the ladies tees. So I am off off at golf courses and and I've I've had marshals say, oh, well, yeah, the ladies tees are over there. Hey, that's a myth. The ladies tees do not exist. Those are the forward tees or the first set of tees. And basically tee boxes are just yardage. And, and I'm not standing on a feminist pulpit here because I'm trying to stand up. I'm a mom. I have a 13-year-old boy who plays from the forward tees. But if he sees a big sign or a marshal t- uh, calling them the ladies tees, there's no way my son's going to play from there. Yet that's where his skill level should be. So tee boxes are based on skill level. There are no such thing as the ladies tees or the men's tees. It's basically what your skill level is. And our new male golfers should pr- start there. And as we age, we start to lose distance and so our senior golfers again need to feel comfortable moving moving forward um because again, that will make the round so much more enjoyable so that's another big myth there's no such thing as the ladies tees 
So how do we work on removing that stigma? Because it kind of puts people in a box. Like if you need to use the forward tees, you shouldn't be shunned or feel bad. Well, so what some golf courses are doing, and this has been going on for years and years, and you talk to most PGA pros, Canada, America, and they will tell you that they're trying to change this, but it's changing the verbiage and the words. So, for instance, at our municipal courses here in Calgary, they don't uh, they don't have the red tee box is uh, are not the forward tee box. So that was step number one by because people used to think. Reds, whites, blues, blacks. That's kind of the order of the tee boxes. So a lot of courses have stopped making the forward tees red. And actually at Pretty Screens, where the LPGA has been in Calgary for the last two times they've uh, done the tournament here, the tips at Pretty's, where the girls would play, are uh, the pinks. Those are actually called the, they're the pinks. So that's where all the men, the men, the men, the members, everyone who is of that skill level, which would be a single digit handicap, would play from from the pinks. So that's step number one. And step number two, I think marshals in particular really need to be trained. I, I know the pro shop feels this way, but we need to make sure it goes from the pro shop to the marshals uh, to make sure when marshals, because they're they're the front line, they're the ones who are greeting and meeting these guests and women. And that 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 needs to be taken out of the vernacular. Ladies tees doesn't need to exist. It's forward tees and really the question should be, you know, how, what yardage do you feel comfortable with? That's the only question that we should really be asking because there are women who are single digits that maybe can't hit it 200 yards. So the tips would be too far back for them. So then they need to pick the right yardage. So it's not just based on handicap, but it's what yardage do you feel comfortable that you can carry over the force carries and not feel like you can get on a green in regulation. So what would that be? What yardage would that be? What's one more thing that you think golf in general can do to make women feel more included or like it's more level playing field? Oh, well, I think that to, to, to make women feel more included in a level playing field, I think that we have to make sure that we're, you know, that the that, that advertising that we're always making sure that we're, we're, we're saying, hey, that we're not just referring to golfers as men. I think that that can happen a lot that, okay, guys, hey, we're going out with the boys, or, hey, where the guys are coming out. And so I think that we have to make sure that as an industry that we're, we're, we're making women feel included so that we're saying, and even referring to golf professionals, sometimes you'll say, oh, well, when you're, when a golf professional says that he recommends well hey there's a heck of a lot of phenomenal female golf professionals out there as well too so i think it's just making sure that we 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 change some of that wording but i think we have to stand up because there there are phenomenal men out there who are constantly saying hey those aren't the ladies tees so we need we need you people to stand up if you have a mother a sister a daughter a niece which of course you know everyone has a mom you know, we, we need to start saying, hey, those are the ladies' tees. So I think we need our average golfer to start standing up and helping change that language as well. And that they make sure that they're not using their la- that language too. And that they start correcting the marshals, not just the women correcting the marshals. And again, I don't right. wanna, there are many marshals out there that are phenomenal. So I definitely don't want to pick over. But that's usually who mentions the, the ladies' tees. And, and again, the, the pro shop, it would be very rare a pro shop would ever say that. For sure, for sure. Well, you know what? We have a lot. We've gotten a lot to think about Indeed, from this podcast. And I think, today, I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope so. But you know what? We're going to have you back real soon to discuss, Perfect. you know, the if we've made any progress, if we, what we've seen out in our, yeah. you know, end, your end of golf season ish as you guys start to get into colder Celsius October temperatures. Is, yeah. Well, Lisa Longball, Lisa Vluswick. Did I say that right? I think I did. Nailed um, it. <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and we are going to get you involved in the Callaway community soon. So if you guys would like to ask Lisa a question 
on our Callaway community. Go to community.callawaygolf.com. Sign up. You will not only get access to our phenomenal ambassadors like Lisa Longball, but also Callaway coaches, some PGA and LPGA players, and as many, you know, regular golfers as you can find in the community, they're all there waiting to talk about the sport that we love. Um, we have a exciting month of podcasts coming up, so make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for next week's Girls of Golf.